Hello everyone and welcome to the Unbroken Soul podcast. I'm your host Amanda Joy and my mission is to help dissolve the protected armor created from trauma. We all have trauma. I am a mom, wife, entrepreneur turned trauma survivor, light worker, speaker and woman's soul coach. I live with passion and intensity and have found my life's purpose through my own healing journey. I have sat in the shadows, wept from the depths of my soul, rose from the ashes and danced alongside the phoenix. My greatest wish is that this podcast offers you insights, real life stories and tools to help guide you back into a space of remembering your unbroken soul. Let's get started. Tonight, my guest is a woman who I have not met personally um, in enough of a conversation to speak about, but in a brief encounter at a speaking event where she shared her five-minute story and it greatly impacted me to the point where I approached her afterwards and asked if she'd be a guest on my podcast. So I'm very honored to introduce tonight, Charlene Madden. She's a speaker and an author. She speaks and teaches on the importance of purpose as a life tool. She connects with a variety of audiences and candidly speaks of her childhood sexual abuse, her lifelong struggle with mental illness and depression and how losing her partner of 13 years to suicide started her on a journey of survival, growth, and evolution. So welcome, Charlene. I'm really honored and grateful that you agreed to join me tonight and share with our audience. Your story is incredible, really. And I only got a glimpse of it. Like I said, five minutes is such a condensed version but it really did change my life in that short period. And I know that you have a message that's so powerful and needed to be shared with everybody. So um, maybe you want to just let us know a little bit about you and where you're from, what you're doing now and, and how this all came to be in your lifetime. Well, first, let me thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be able to, uh, to share with you, um, get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. We had a very brief, uh, brief encounter that night. It was a little after <laughs> the storytelling, but um, yeah, um, I live in the beautiful area of Radium Hot Springs. Um, so I'm about two and a half, three hours outside of Calgary. Um, I currently work in a mining office. Mm. Um, so I am still working full time. We are an essential service. Um, prior to that, I spent... Um, 16 years working at the pub where the storytelling was where I actually met you so I'd actually oh, worked there for, for a long time I managed the bar and um and I had just it had come time where I knew um, I had made so many changes in my life over the last you know few years that I knew it was time to change once again it was another evolution that I needed to to make in my life so I left that job and and um, and have moved on, and it's an, an amazing uh, place where I work. I'm really blessed for the company that I work for. So, so yeah, that's uh, so that's it. I've lived. I grew up in Ontario, 
Um, okay. I lived there until I was 30. And then I moved out to British Columbia and I've been here ever since. So yeah, that's a big move. That's a long yeah. way to town. Yeah, yeah, packed up, packed up kids and moved across the country. So it was a uh, definitely a huge, huge change for everybody. So yeah. 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 And so, like I said, your, your story starts at from a very young age, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. maybe you want to take us back to when it first began for you. Um, I was the youngest of four children. Um, I was uh, born into um, pretty dysfunctional uh, family. My father was a very violent um, alcoholic and um, my parents, uh, my mother, when I was three, decided to um, pack up the kids and get away as best she could. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to take all of us. My sister and myself had to stay with my dad and my brothers got to go with my mom. Um, we only stayed with my dad for about a week and a half because as an alcoholic, he was in no position to raise two little girls. My sister was seven. Um, so he contacted my paternal grandparents and asked if they would take us and my grandmother without skipping a beat said, absolutely. Um, so we went to live with my grandparents. Um, my grandmother was an absolutely amazing woman, uh, mm -hmm. probably one of the strongest women I've ever met and really was my inspiration. Uh, it, you know, if you had a mentor growing up, it was, it was my grandmother. She taught me to be strong and and independent and all the all the qualities that you know I'm really proud of myself for you know yeah. to persevere um, and my grandfather unfortunately was a pedophile um, so oh, wow. from so from the age of three until uh, I was 12 um, we you know once a week went through sexual abuse at, at the hands of my grandfather uh, my sister got bore the brunt of it far worse than I did because she was older than I was. Um, but it was still, you know, every Monday, Horrible. every Monday, every Monday night, we, you know, we, we, we waited, you know, as kids. Yeah. So, so it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a difficult, difficult time. And, you know, as a kid, you're, you know, you just, yeah. Back in the, you know, back in that time, you didn't, you know, it was not something that really was discussed, like, you know, it's talked about nowadays. So, you know, you just quietly existed, right? Yeah. So that's, you know, that's kind of how, how I looked at the early years. My sister, when, when I was 12, she was 16. My sister basically had a, a nervous breakdown and everything came out at that point. So my grandfather was arrested. Uh, my grandparents split up. They divorced. Uh, we went into um, low-income housing, you know, because my grandmother, you know, was we weren't wealthy family, so, um, so yeah, we just we stuck together and we. And was we, that one of those? You know, I've heard of these stories, unfortunately, from others. Was your grandmother aware of what was happening? You know, I don't know. I mm -hmm. she says that she didn't. Right. Um, my sister swears that she did and and i don't i don't even focus i don't even like yeah want, I, don't, I don't look back on it and, mm -hmm. and wonder um i you know I've, I've had discussions with my sister and i think you know at the time um you know especially going up with your grandparents like 
it, it was a different time for them. That's not something you ever spoke about. People right. didn't get, you know, they didn't get divorced, you know, so no, absolutely. that was huge, you know, for my grandmother to, to, to divorce my grandfather. And like, it was back in those days, that was huge. Right. So, yes. Yeah. So, um, so whether or not she did, you know, yeah. I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. you know, so, but I mean, we lived in a small town, there was 2,500 people in the town. So it's like, uh, yeah, everybody, everybody knows yeah. everybody. Right. So yes. it's like, you still, yeah. you go from having, that secret to everything's out in the open right uh-huh. so now you're living with kind of a stigma you know yeah that of you course. know you, yeah yeah you're so. spotlighted in that small community there's no absolutely mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so so you know i left I, well i went to high school you know shortly after that came out so and um it was in high school that i started like dealing with struggling with the the depression and the suicidal thoughts and and all of that stuff and i mean i was 15 when i was diagnosed as being uh bipolar manic depressive you know and and the unfortunate thing was um after the abuse had come out we didn't get any counseling right Uh, there was no there was nothing there there was no support Mm. you know it was just kind of okay this came out time to move on and go on with life you know we didn't ever didn't ever deal with it so I think having that coming into high school you know of course. So you're already struggling with all the changes of going you know now becoming a teenager to your you've got that stigma and then getting diagnosed with a mental illness it was just now I'm like okay so now I'm crazy on top of everything else right as a, as a teenager yeah. that's what I'm of thinking of course yeah Great. now I'm crazy too you know so oh wow so, but I just, you know, I, I functioned and I did a lot of writing. That was mm-hmm. my, that was my outlet was, you know, I wrote poetry after poetry after poetry and just poured, you know, I always said I poured ink on pages instead of blood because it, to me it was one or the other was always yeah. the point I was at. So if it got really bad, it would be like, okay, I better go write and get this out, you know, just purge it. So, yeah. So, yeah, so, and then, you know, I got through high school and moved away from the small town and thought, oh, life is going to be grand, but everywhere and I were went. were you put I, on meds in high school then? Did they medicate you? No, no, I, I received a diagnosis. That was it. Oh, my goodness. No follow-up treatment or anything. So it was, uh, it, it just seemed to, to echo, you know, mm-hmm. the abuse. It's like, okay, well, now this you know, just go on your way, be strong, you'll get through it. It just seemed that always seemed to be the recurring message that, you know, through my yeah. early days that just go, oh, you just be strong, you'll get through it. Right. So, so and that's very what you do. common, very yeah. common. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. you graduated high school. And then where did your life take you from there? I moved, uh, of course, I moved away from the small town that I was in. I uh, moved about two hours away to a larger uh, area. Um, I was there with my high school sweetheart. Um, and uh, we eventually got married mm-hmm. and eventually had three children. Um, but I was never okay. Right. I was just, I was just existing. Yeah. How right? could you so be okay? There's no yeah. possible way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was... Um, I, and I was really good 
at maintaining that mask. Of course. You know, yeah. like I got, you know, like I, so many people I talked to were like, you know, not that I shared it a lot back then, but since like people never would have known, you know, right. because I kept that persona. I always was taught, you know, and that was probably some of the lessons for my grandma, you know, just be strong, you'll get through it. So I just kept convincing myself that if I could just be strong, I would get through it. Right. Just and stuff it down. Just yeah. Stuff it. Yeah. Because I, yeah, because I'd never been taught on how to deal with anything. It was always just, you know, move on, move on as if it would go away, but it never does. So No, your body keeps track of all of that. Oh yeah. 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 So I reached a point when I was 30, 28 actually, um, where my depression had reached a point where I was afraid, um, I knew I was going to do something to hurt myself. And I was afraid that my kids were going to come home and find me dead from school. Mm. That's what my fear was. And so I made the decision to leave the house because I knew I wasn't mentally in a position to take three kids and go. And I needed to kind of once get myself okay. Mm -hmm. But I didn't do that. I turned to alcohol and I drank my sorrows away or I attempted to. And of course that just amplifies the depression. Yeah. You just tried to numb it. Yeah. 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 And I got into another relationship right away after leaving my husband um, because I was still dealing with the baggage of um, that little girl who had felt my parents didn't want me. I just want someone to want me. So I just, kept going from one to the other and um the relationship was extremely dysfunctional and uh it I kind of hit rock bottom and ended up in the intensive care unit um and I overdosed on pills and I just remember waking up with tubes down my throat and machines beeping around me and you know my partner you know just sitting there crying beside me, you know, Mm. and, uh, you know, I got out of the hospital and my mom called me and said, you need to move. You need to, she lived out here in BC. She's like, you need a change. You need a fresh start. You need to come out here. So, you know, I thought, okay, yeah, great. Let's pack up and move across the country. Yeah. But again, wherever I go there I am yeah there you are how often you move you can't get away from yourself you're always there that's the truth yeah so so I moved out here and plugged along and you know tried to keep existing and uh the relationship I'd been in Ontario that relationship continued he moved out here that was the partner that I had been with okay and um and, that and the really alcohol and everything continued then? Continued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, the relationship definitely didn't help the situation that I was in um, because we were both two severely depressed people right. that, had be, that had become codependent on each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thank God that, we were never in the same place at the same time. Like he, if I was down, he was up and right. if he was down, I was up. Yeah. So we just kind of were this dysfunctional balance to each other. 
Right. And, um, and then we were together, like I said, 13 and a half years and, um, we separated, he moved out and then it was two and a half months later when he took his life. Oh my gosh. And there was so many, emo- like, of course you're, there's so many emotions that you go through. Mm-hmm. And I think the one that shocked me the most was I was angry. And, right. and I know people are like, well, that's yeah, one of the stages of grief. And I was like, but I wasn't angry that he took his life. I was angry that he did it first. Oh yeah. Because I felt he robbed me of my opportunity now to do it. Mm. And it took me, and that was one of my first speaking engagements when I, when I said that, and I just like, I heard everybody kind of like gasp and I was like, I know, doesn't that sound crazy? (laughs) Like, yeah, it even sounds crazy to me. Right. I was like, but that's what it was. I was so, I was mad because I yeah. didn't, I didn't want to be here. So how dare he do it? Because now how selfish would I be if I did it? Yes. Because now you've seen that the no, after effects of what has happened since he did it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I just, you know, I convinced myself that, you know, I could just, you know, keep going and everything would be different. But were you clean when you left him? Like, did you leave or did he ask you to leave? How did that? He, he left. He left the house. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he left. He left. And, um, and, and no, I definitely wasn't. My drinking was still out of control because that had become my coping mechanism. Right. right? Like, yes. it was just numb. I just wanted to be numb. I didn't want to feel anything. Uh-huh. And, um, and it just, yeah, it just did, that didn't definitely didn't help it go away yeah Um, and then trying to cope with uh the loss and the guilt Mm -hmm. that I had felt um because he had messaged me two days before he took his life and wanted to talk and I had said no right I said you've moved on I'm moving on let's just be okay with that. So I had some guilt that, you know, oh, mm-hmm. maybe if I would have, maybe if I would have talked to him, he wouldn't have, you know, that selfish, yeah. that was self, self, you know, for myself, but, but, uh, and it just, and I struggled and it was probably a year after just about a year after his passing that I just went, I can't do this anymore. Like I just, I don't, want to be here anymore I don't want to hurt anymore I don't want to be in pain I don't want to be strong and I don't want to be fake yeah you know because yeah, you were just tired fake. of wearing that mask you had been exactly. wearing for a lifetime yeah exactly so I uh yeah I had made a plan to take my life I was going to the same spot where he had done it and I was going to do it the same way and I don't know why I don't know what that was supposed to get me but but yeah. um but and like as I spoke in that little story that I told I had bought tickets to a a weekend workshop and um you know I was cheap I didn't have a lot of money so (laughs) I um I went well just go to this stupid workshop right you know I can I can pretend for another weekend and I went to the workshop and I heard some people talking um sharing their stories about mental illness and depression and struggles with suicide and something just clicked mm-hmm. and I went 
you know, I knew I, I, I knew I wasn't the only one going through these things, but I think to have people so open and honest and raw speaking about it. Yes. Just touched me. Yeah. And, and I think that's why I speak so much about purpose because I think that's part of our struggle is that we live a life of just existing and mm -hmm. we're, we don't know why and we don't know what for we're just doing it we're going through the grind every day and for me it was going wait a minute maybe this is why i went through all the struggles that i've gone through maybe this is why i went through the sexual abuse because i can talk to people about it maybe this is why i've lived a life of, of mental illness and depression because i can say hey you know what i've gone through it and it's okay to talk about it yeah and just because there is still, as, as far as we've come, there's still, still such stigma yes. around mental illness and especially men's mental illness. Mm -hmm. That one is, is probably really, of course, really near, near and dear to my heart because they just don't have anybody to talk to. Yeah. You know, we women are lucky. We can reach out, talk to friends and, you know, no judgment, but yeah, men don't have that gift or that luxury. So to hear, a man standing up, which is, you know, who I heard and talking about it and then hearing other women, I just went, this is it. Like, this is what, this is what all of this has been culminating to. Yeah. And I can either, I can either keep it and hold on to it and let it just continue to eat me away until, you know, my kids are planning my funeral yeah. or I, I can take it and I can say, give it voice. You know, and just say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I've went through. You know, if you're going through a tough time, I get it. Yeah. I get it. You know, like I, I've said to so many people, it's like depression to me is like that really shitty friend that you have that drives you crazy and that you don't want to be around a lot of the time, mm -hmm. but they're still there for, you know, they're still a part of your life, right? Yeah. You never seem to really get rid of them or whether it's a family member you know, it's there. So you just learn to, um, you just learn to live with them. You know, right. I don't think like, I feel like I'm going to live with my mental illness. It's not something that's going to go away. It's the same mm -hmm. as having, same as having diabetes or, you know, anything like yeah. that. It's, it's here. It's a part of me. So I've just had to learn how to live with it, you know, in the healthiest way for me. So, yeah. And so how does that look for you then? How, how do you cope now? I've done a lot of, um, I've done a lot of reading. Um, the woman I work for is actually, um, a registered counselor and has done mm. a lot of training. Um, so we talk a lot at work. I love our coffee breaks because yeah. she, like I can talk and she will ground me. Um, I think learning to hold myself self, like to be self-responsible. Yeah. And, um, you know, recognizing my triggers, what my triggers are and trying to catch them right in the beginning. I don't always, I'm still working on that, trying to catch them. Um, I did, I went to an amazing place called the Haven. It's out on Gabriola Island, um, okay. just off of Vancouver Island. Yeah. Uh, um, my boss actually sent me to this uh, workshop retreat. It's five day retreat where it's very intensive and you get um, you get to work on some, 
stuff that you may not think you need to work on, but yes. you get to work on it. So Yay. Yes. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. dealing with your shit. Exactly. <laughs> well, I went, I, I went in going, geez, why am I having such a hard time? You know, I'm, I'm procrastinating. I'm not finishing things. I'm, I'm working on my autobiography. I'm like, why am I not? I've just got so many things that I'm, I'm got going on and I'm just not finishing them. And the one counselor goes, well, you haven't finished the ship from 40 years ago. So maybe you need to start with that. And I was like, going, oh, you're good. You are so good. <laughs> Uh, I love people that can call us out on that. We need oh, that, right? Absolutely. Sometimes in our minds, we get this timeline and then we think, well, like that was 40 years ago. I'm not dealing with that. Like this, you know, I'm, I'm here now and that was the past. Yeah. And like I said, yeah. the reality is our body keeps all of that and it's stored and it's suppressed and it, is, oh, yeah. it determines developed, our every move. Yeah. I developed fibromyalgia over mm. 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, you know, and now I'm like recognizing it's like, well, this is just, it's all that bottled up trauma and stress. Yes. And that's just yeah. the way my body went. Okay, enough. It's time to deal with this stuff. So, yeah. so, and I think it was important for me. Um, they, they do a communication model um, and understanding that when I'm communicating, I'm communicating with my context, I'm communicating with my story. And so it's really hard for other people to understand that because they're com they're communicating with their story. Yeah. So stopping myself and going, okay, wait a minute, I need to be curious. So I've learned to be curious and to kind of ask people questions about, okay, so, you know, why, why are you feeling that way? Or, you know, why do you, you know, look at it that way? Because if I can understand other people's contacts and their stories that they've got in their mind, because that leads them through all their behavior, then it helps me in dealing with them and understanding myself and dealing with myself as well. Of so. course. That's a beautiful insight. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we like kind of like that saying where you can, two people can see the exact same accident at the exact same time. And there'll be two different stories come out of that. Absolutely. Because it's what that person is capable of witnessing or processing at that time is what you will hear from them. Yeah. And so we need to understand where is that person coming from prior to this moment? Like what led them up to this moment in time? Absolutely. And again, and to me, that's just curiosity is, is just so so important for me like and not and and even about ourselves right just, yeah I was just gonna say and learning to be curious about myself it's like because then when I start to get triggered um you know stopping myself and going okay wait a minute like why like why is this bothering you like what right. where are you getting I think one of the other big things that I realized going to the haven was I was really still out of touch with my body mm. you know as much as I had changed um, because my process is like the last three years of my life had just been night and day to where they were. Um, but I still wasn't in touch with my body. Like I didn't, when, when we first started doing the breathing exercises, my chest hurt and I was like, why? And then I realized because you haven't taken a breath, you've been breathing to exist. Uh, you're not, you're not breathing. Uh -huh. Right. Like I, I wasn't taking a deep breath in. I had been having anxiety attacks so that should have been my first, you know, clue of, Hey, yeah. you're not breathing. You need to stop and breathe. So just learning to stop, feel where the tension in my body is and then uh -huh. question where it's like, okay, I'm feeling a tightness in my neck or in my throat. 
what's going on? Why am I feeling this tightness? You yeah. know, it's like, what's, what am I feeling? What's getting stirred up in either a conversation or a situation? It's, and so becoming self-aware and understanding, because then when I understand why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, I can understand why I'm responding and communicating the way I am. So. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. And recognizing, like you said, when you can really connect to your body, it's not like, oh, I slept funny or, you know, oh, you know, my neck sore from driving. No, it's because something has, you know, been trapped in the neck mm -hmm. and the shoulders or depending on where you're storing it within your own energetic and physical body. Right. So mm -hmm. there's, there's so many variables to take into account there for sure. But yeah. I love that because breath is such a key component of the modalities that I use when I work with clients. And it's true. Like it doesn't even have to be a full encompassing breathwork ceremony. It's just like connect to your breath and the mm -hmm. realization that it's like, holy shit, I have not been breathing for the last 25 or 40 years or, you know, when did you stop breathing? It's yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was shocking. It was shocking. Mm -hmm. So I realized I had as, as, in touch as I had felt with my body because of my fibromyalgia, I had really only been in touch with the pain, right? Yeah. And I hadn't been, I hadn't been thinking about why the pain was there. I'd just been in the pain and I hadn't, as much as I was feeling it, I wasn't feeling my body. Yes. Yes. So I, you know, I was focused on, you know, I had to change where my focus went as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, that curiosity, I always tell my clients, like, be curious. So when there's pain in the body, what does that pain want you to know? Mm -hmm. Right. And then just be curious with that and then move with it from there. Right. Like, how can I support this pain? What does it want from me? And, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's taking, it's, it's, it's hard in our, I think in our day and age to take the time to learn, to take the time to slow down and yes. be aware and I think especially as women and mothers, That's we're always so focused on, you know, everybody else and making sure that we don't take the time to, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't slept. Um, I had always thought because of my fibromyalgia that I had struggled with sleep, that, it, mm -hmm. you know, insomnia had been part of it and just changing my breathing, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so crazy. I mean, I get into bed every night. My husband usually is in bed before I am. Um, and I just, I'll lay in bed and I'll just take a deep breath and yeah. let it out. And I'm usually out in like 10 minutes where I used to sit and toss and turn for an hour. Right. You know? Right. So because you weren't giving your body permission to relax into that rest yeah, and digest. I was, yeah, I was always in, like you, you say, I was always in that fight or flight mode. That's yes. how, you know, it was always that tension and anxiety in my body. So yeah, just taking the time to say, okay, let it go. You know, like even, if, you know, even if I have things on my mind, it's like, okay, let it go. Tomorrow's a new day. And there's nothing, you know, I've recognized that there's nothing in my world now that I can't get through. I can't survive by yeah. just, you know, being in touch with, with myself. And I mean, for the first time I was talking about this today for the first time, I think in my life, um, I'm feeling really excited about like you know nice. like i've never cared you know like for me if covid would have happened five years ago i would have been out shaking as many hands as i could have right i would have been like hey, right. let's see if i can get it right you know <laughs> and now i'm like don't breathe on me <laughs> i don't want to get this 
I'm liking where life is right now. You know, I've just been, I'm going to be married two years in um, August. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah. And it was, and that's, I equate that to learning to love myself, like giving myself yes. permission to love myself yeah. because, you know, and, and it's so stere stereotypical and I've heard it so many, you know, like how can someone love you if you don't love yourself? And I thought, what a bunch of bullshit, you know, that <laughs> yeah. is right. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> right. And, um, and then it's, I gave myself permission to love myself. And then it was like, two months later, I went on my first date with my husband. Oh, with wow. Him. Yeah. Within a week of dating, I had said to him, it's like, I will marry you. <laughs> that, was, that was in December. And then we got married the following August. So I was like, no, oh, see, you know, I felt like the universe had just kind of give me a little smack upside the head and said, okay, are you ready? Cause it's all yeah. coming now. So yeah so wake up let's yeah. go yeah. yeah well quite often in our trauma stories we get so used to living in that dark shaded area that it's more comfortable to be in the in the sadness or the grief or whatever you want to label it as rather than moving up into that shift of light and happiness and joy and like you said the realization that you are worthy of love mm -hmm. unconditional love and First, it comes from yourself. And as soon as you come into that own space of like, wow, I love myself and, and I want this, you know, life of, of love and laughter. And, and then it's like you said, the universe goes knock, knock. Like, yeah, yeah I, when I had made that decision, you know, when I that after that weekend and I decided, no, you know, I'm going to love myself. That's all that's if this is all that I have for love in the world, it's going to be enough for me Amazing. is if I love myself. So and that happened right after that, like when you heard those speakers. Yeah, yeah, that worked up, you know, and I, and I've spoken to the speakers and I was like, man, you like, you saved my life. Like, I don't know if, if you have any idea what impact that, you know, you made just by sharing your story. Yeah. So it was like, you know, you turned someone who didn't like, you like themselves into someone that, that absolutely loves themselves. And is what was your timeline on that? You said like you went to that workshop, but you already had the, like where you were going to kill yourself, how you were going to kill yourself. Yeah. I had, I had the, the rifle in my truck. Wow. So I went, I went on, um, it was an all day Saturday and part day Sunday event. So my plan was I went, the, I went all day Saturday. I did the part day Sunday, Monday morning. I was going to take my life. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. So one person's story can change the world. They just don't know it. That is the truth. Yeah. That, that is the truth. And that is the purpose that like you spoke about earlier, right? Is mm. that all that you have been through and that which your grandmother taught you, you know, about being strong may not have served you at the time, but there is tidbits of that, that now to mm -hmm. this day, you can go, thank you, grandma for that, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. some of it didn't serve you and some of it you had to weed out but there was you know behind all of that a resilience that otherwise you wouldn't have had absolutely yeah yeah that's incredible yeah so you share your story now what what's happening do you you do speaking engagements or what's going uh, on yeah i went back actually and spoke um the following year i went back and spoke at that same workshop that i had amazing gone to. amazing yeah. well to me that was um that was my pay it forward. And I had said, um, 
my goal was just to share my story. And if I could save a life, yes, then that's, it's all worth it. Uh-huh. And um, I remember walking out after the first night and I had a woman approach me and she said, you know how you said you wanted to save a life? And I said, yeah. And she goes, you did this weekend. Oh. And I was just like, check, <laughs> you know, like mission accomplished. That was it. That, if I didn't ever share my story again, that yeah. would have been, that would have been worth it. Yeah. So, absolutely. So yeah, so I've, I've done a couple different speaking events and um, transitioning jobs. I've had to put some of it on hold. I am doing a workshop hopefully if Mr. COVID here cooperates in, uh, <laughs> in, in November. So, yeah. um, because the lady that was um, doing the workshops um, in our area has said, she's just put that on hold. She doesn't have the time to do it anymore. And I was like, I know the impact that these events can have, you know? Yes. So yeah. it's like, there's a need, like we need to get a positive, strong message out there to people, you know, to, for self love and self, you know, just, I don't want to say self improvement cause we're, we're all great, but I want people yeah. to, to learn, you know, learn self responsibility, you know, good communication and, you know, and self love. So, so that's, totally. uh, yeah. So I'm working on that and, um, I had published after the workshop, I published my book of poetry, which for oh, me, wow. yeah, which for me was absolutely terrifying because it's like ripping your heart open and yes. putting it all out there. So, um, but I did it. I'd been putting it off for years. So I went, no, that's it. Like we need yeah. to start doing some things that scare us because for too long we've let fear dictate our lives. So now it's time to be brave and step out there. So. Yeah, and that's so, where the growth happens, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So, where can we find your book of poetry then? In my closet. <laughs> 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 I don't. I know. I don't have it out there marketing it or anything like that. But um, if anybody wants a copy, uh, I have a Facebook page, Charlene Madden, speaker and author. You can hit me up on the page and I can, I'll send you a copy of the book. So nice. it was, Very yeah, cool. it was more of a, it was more of a, I just, you know, I wanted to do it for me. Yeah. You know, if I sold a few copies, then that was great. But, but now I'm working on, I, you know, my autobiography, which is the, the one that's, that's my baby just throwing it all out there. And the, yeah, the talk about vulnerability oh. then, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I've yeah. been working on mine for about 10 months and it, well, no, sorry, about 14 months and it's kind of been put on the back burner. That is a, a, a I have the utmost respect for the humans that can go through mm-hmm. that. And you really have to revisit some horrible, horrible times Yeah. in order to bring it all, you know, to the surface. Right. So yeah. that takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, same with you. Amazing. Yeah, thank you. One day with patience. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we can find you on Facebook then. Is there yes. any like email? Is, is Facebook your preferred method to be in touch? Um. Yes, I have. I mean, you can Charlene Madden or Charlene Ann Madden at yahoo.com if you want to email me. Um, Facebook's usually the best way to uh, to get through to me. Sure. I'm on I'm on Instagram and Twitter. So, so yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to put all your links in the show notes. I'll tag you 
and then the readers or the <laughs> readers, the listeners can then find you there. And you know what? You just never know. You may have just saved another life by sharing your story again. So. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak. Yeah. And it was nice to see you again. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Thank you You're so welcome. much. All right. Take care. All right. You as well. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me on another sacred journey on the Unbroken Soul podcast. If this episode resonated with you, do a sister a favor and take a screenshot, tag me and share on your favorite social media platform. Also, your heartfelt words expressed in an iTunes review aid in boosting my ratings and allow other like-minded souls to find me. If you'd like to reach out to me, your messages are always welcome. DM me on Instagram at amanda.joy.77 and I look forward to visiting you on the next Unbroken Soul podcast. I am Amanda Joy.